morning, Bucks fans. Happy Wednesday. It is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And this is where we answer all of your questions. So if you are not already watching this on the Buccaneers Facebook page, you can head on over there, leave all your thoughts, comments, questions in the comment section. And this is such a great time of year to do this because there's not really anything going on in terms of on the field. So this is the great time to just talk about whatever those burning questions you guys have are about the team, about the roster, training camp stuff coming up. So any of that stuff, leave it in the comment section underneath our Facebook live video. While we give people a chance to do that, we did talk a little bit last week about the potential new helmet rule and it had not officially been decided at that point. And now we know that it has. So tell everybody a little bit about that and what that's gonna mean for the Bucks moving forward. Yeah, last week we were asked about it. And I think the answer was, well, we know they're talking about it, so that's a good thing, but we hadn't seen an answer yet. We have an answer now, or at least part of an answer. And for anybody that doesn't quite know what we're talking about, the Buccaneers uh, did throwback games to the orange jerseys starting in 2009 and did it for four years, one time a year. And it was very popular. Uh, you know, it's not only just the, the uniforms, but at the stadium, they decked it out and all the orange and really made a whole throwback day out of it that was very popular. But the Buccaneers had stopped doing it in 2013 because the NFL started with this rule that every team could only have one set of helmets for an entire season. A player would get fitted with a specific helmet and he had to wear that helmet the entire year. And um, <clears throat> it was for safety reasons, of course. And that meant the Bucs really couldn't do their throwbacks anymore because our, our helmets are pewter and you couldn't have another helmet. You needed a white helmet to do the throwbacks and you couldn't have that. And so the Buccaneers... Uh, you know, the, the franchise, and it hasn't been happy about this for years now because it wants to go back and start doing throwback games again. And, and the owners have repeatedly said straightforward, we would definitely want to do throwback games and we're working with the NFL to try to change this rule. And finally, the NFL has said teams can now fit their players at, during training camp with two helmets. So now we can have a white helmet and we can do throwback jerseys. I would say the answer isn't completely set yet, though, because we know we couldn't do it until next year. And then there's some reports that you would have had to already decide by now if doing any alternate jerseys for the 2022 season. That deadline has already passed. Technically, I wonder, though, given the change in the policy, if they might make an exception there. Uh, I, we're still waiting to hear the news. So I would be certain that throwback games are coming. I hope they're coming in 2022. I don't know for sure that they are until 2023. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. And even if there were exceptions, if the team would even be able to get everything together. I mean, it, it would be such an undertaking, not only to get the team part ready of their, you know, helmets and jerseys and equipment. And then, like you mentioned, trying, you know, what you do in stadium and, um, you know, having to announce to all the other teams ahead of time, what color you're going to wear. And I think that also people don't understand sometimes how much goes into planning game themes you know, that there's, there's just so much to this that is normally planned out very far in advance. So it may not have anything to do. I'm sure it won't have anything to do with whether or not the team wants to do it. Um, but I'm sure they also are going to want to do it right. And there may not be time to, to do all of the, the brouhaha that they will want to go with right. it. Um, so that'll be you know, interesting. Yeah. And how quickly Nike can put together jerseys, you know, right. <laughs> Maybe they'll be like, Maybe it'll be like the last game in December. <laughs> Give us all the time that we can. Uh, okay, our, uh, we had a question from Raphael asking, are there any injuries that we should be worried about for the start of the season? Actually, no. The, the, the Bucks are in pretty good shape in that regard. There were only six guys 
that weren't practicing uh, during when the rookie I and mean, the mandatory mini camp started. Uh, another player, a safety named Curtis Riley, did suffer an Achilles injury. And at the time, Coach Arian said he wasn't sure if it was going to require surgery. I I don't like to speculate about injuries, but I have not often heard of minor Achilles injuries. So, I mean, I would think that Curtis Riley could be a question mark. That's a safety that we added who has some NFL experience. We added him in, in uh, May. Uh, otherwise, there were six guys. I don't know if I'll be able to come up with all of them off the top of my head. O.J. Howard, um, uh, Jordan Whitehead. They were all not practicing when uh, during the OTAs, but coach said at the end that all of them were looking good. Jordan Whitehead was probably the farthest away, but that only meant a few weeks. He had shoulder surgery after the season. And coach said that he didn't think any of them were going to be an issue for the start of training camp. So you don't have that very often, to be quite honest with you. Um, usually you have one or two guys that you think might not be ready to go, might have to put somebody on PUP. And of course, things can change and never take any answer about a player's injury with absolutes because, you, you know, you never know what's going to happen with the human body. But um, it looks really good. The picture looks really good in terms of the team's health heading into training camp. Okay. And uh, David asked, do you think that we will have a running back hit a thousand yards this year? Well, on one hand, I would say it seems less likely because it just seems more likely that Leonard Fournette will get a bigger share of the carries than he did last year, making it a bit more even between him and Ronald Jones. Last year during the regular season, even with Ronald Jones missing a lot of time in December, the, the carries by the end of the year were almost two to one in favor of Ronald Jones. Now, Ronald Jones, I think, ended up with 969 yards, something like that. And with about three games to go, he looked like a dead lock to make it to um, a thousand. And then he had the, uh, let's see, he had, he had a hand injury, I believe. And then he, had, he was on the COVID list and then he had a quad injury. And so he, he didn't get a chance. He only really needed to play like one more game and he would have got to a thousand. So you can, you could look at this and go, well, Ronald Jones basically had it last year. So it seems obvious he could get it this year, but I wonder if the carries are going to be a little more even making it hard for either of those guys to get to a thousand, and then you're still got to factor in what they want to do with Keyshawn Vaughn, how much Gio Bernard plays. Um, it just doesn't look like a situation where the Bucks have a lead back that goes for over a thousand. That being said, I do think that Coach Arians will go with, with the hot hand idea. So if either Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones is just killing it early on, they might take over the lead role. And in that case, my answer would change. But at the moment, I would bet no. <clears throat> Okay, Lawrence asked, what do you think the dynamics are going to look like in terms of long passing game, shorter passing game, and just what, what the offense might look like in terms of that area as compared to last year? We do have so many of the same guys back, but, you know, you, you do add a, a Jalen Darden and, um, you know, are, are there any differences in terms of now and having OJ Howard in the mix more often? You know, how, how does that change maybe some of the long versus short passes and, and what the offense could look like? Well, I don't think that, um, Bruce Arians' philosophy and approach to offense and, and by which by extension is going to change a lot. So this is still a team that's going to try to push the ball downfield. And, uh, you know, think about the fact that you have Antonio Brown now for 17 games instead of just half the season. And it took a little while last year before Brown really started getting downfield targets. We used him a lot early on with short passes, uh, but later in the year and in the playoffs, he got some downfield targets. I think he could be more of a weapon downfield than he was last year. And, uh, you know, the offensive line is intact. So Tom Brady and did pretty well last year and could be even better this year. So Tom Brady should have time to throw downfield. I, I understand you have the, the addition of Jalen Darden. Uh, so you think maybe 
more underneath throws, but I don't know how much the rookie's going to get right off the bat. Um, you know, the offense, if you remember how the, the downfield passing went last year, it was it was pretty good early on. And then for a good stretch in the middle of the field, they sort of lost it. And the downfield shots were not working at all for a good, I don't know, three or four or five weeks. But then at the end, they got it back and the offense was really clicking in just about every way. So, you know, you can hope that with that year under the belt and Tom Brady now fully in charge of this offense, it took him a while as we're now finding to really have full command of the offense last year wasn't until well into the second half should be from the start now. And, uh, you know, everybody back, all the same pieces, the same philosophy on offense. I think they're still going to try to push the ball downfield more than the average NFL team does. Okay. And um, Jarvis asked, do you think that Mike Evans hits his thousand yards this year? Yeah, I would bet on it. And every time we're going to talk about a statistical milestone, we're going to have people are going to get tired of hearing us say this, but there's 17 games now. So uh, that makes it a lot more. Uh, I mean, think about Mike Evans last year for various reasons. He went into the last game needing about, I think, 50 yards, 46 yards, something like that. And he got it on the, you know, on those first three catches and he was there and then he got a throw to him in the end zone and took a weird step and a slide and looked like he suffered a really bad. We were all very worried that he suffered a really bad knee injury. And that was game 16. As it turned out, he was able to play the next week in Washington uh, had there been a 17th regular season game, presumably he would have been ready to play for that. And if he had not made it to a thousand, he would have one more shot. So given that Mike Evans numbers tend to come in large, you know, like there were at least three or four or five games last year where he had two yards or 10 yards, but then there are always every year he has four or five games where he has like 120, 150 yards. So he tends to get a lot of them in bunches. So give him one more chance you know, that makes it much more likely. I know we have Antonio Brown for the whole year, but Mike Evans' numbers actually were quite a bit better in the eight games that Antonio Brown played. So I don't think that takes anything away from him. You know, we have so many targets and I would call Mike and Chris when he's healthy, he had problems staying healthy last year, 1A and 1B, but still Mike Evans is probably 1A. And if you're on an offense with Tom Brady getting 4,700 passing yards, I think there's a very good chance that your 1A is going to get a thousand. Yeah, I'm so glad that Mike broke the record last year so that he has the record without that asterisk. And now no one will be able to break that record in the same amount of games that he did. Right. And I yeah, love that. Right. I, like he will forever have the record in terms of when they were 16 game seasons. <laughs> that's and right. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. But, and, you know, and it's a hard record to break anyway, just because most of the guys that you would think had a shot at it, like Randy Moss, AJ Green, um, Julio Jones, guys like that, either they didn't have a huge rookie season or they just had one season where they missed too many games due to injury. So one of the things about Mike is he hit the ground running, was awesome as a rookie. And even though he's battled through some injuries, if you look at his career numbers, he usually plays 15 or 16 games. He just had to battle some, through some injuries. He's never had that season where he misses like nine games. So availability is, is one of the big abilities in the NFL. It's very true. Um, Richard asked, and I love this, uh, if you had a choice, which team would you like the Bucks to wear the creamsicles against? Well, so you're looking for a good uh, combination here, I guess, right? So you wouldn't want to wear it against a team that had some orange in it already, like the Browns or the Broncos, but we don't play those teams. Oh, but we're talking about next year or beyond, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, 
I'll tell you this in the past, the very first game we did against was green Bay. And that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool combination of uniforms um, and teams that were long time previous rivals. And then each of the next three games was against division opponents. So let's cut out the three division opponents. Cause we've already done that. Um, something green Bay would be cool. Um, what about the Patriots? Tom Brady's still our quarterback. That'd be pretty Yeah, cool. that would be, I mean, that game is already so epic. If you add that on there, I mean, that's, that's just crazy. Um, yeah, but it would be the, it would be at least the second time that Tom Brady's played him because he's going to get the first one this year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I, yeah, there's a part of me that just, that wants to say the Saints just because it's the Saints that like, I want to do something that's going to get people even extra fired up whenever you play against them, like just that kind of a rivalry idea um, that would be pretty incredible. Yeah. I kind of wonder how, how good is, are we sure New Orleans is going to be good in 2022 or 2023 though? Oh yeah. We're not sure at all, but just based on like who they have been and how, and I'm sure that even if they aren't, we're still going to enjoy winning (laughs) that that's, (laughs) that's not going to take away from how much you want to beat a division team and one that you have had some history with and all of that. So yeah, it, it is going to be very different, but I feel like that's one I would pick. One that I think just aesthetically that would look cool is against the Rams because now that they have their colors that very much resemble their throwback stuff, that it would just overall kind of look like a fun giant yeah. throwback game for everybody. True. Good idea. So yeah, that the one Vikings be might be good. Orange and purple together could be pretty cool. That Yeah, that would be a lot. There, That'd be... That'd be a lot happening. Um, all right. So Richard also asked, are there any other records that can be broken by a Bucks player uh, this upcoming season or any other records that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah. And to me, the big one is, and I know Mike Evans already has virtually all the receiving records. So you wouldn't think there's much more that he can break, but there is a big one on the horizon. Uh, Mike Allstott is the Bucks all-time touchdown here with 71, I believe. And that record for a long time looked unassailable. I didn't think anybody was going to get anywhere close to that. Um, but Mike Evans is up to, I believe, 62, something like that. Um, so, or 60, somewhere he's, he's within striking distance. I think he's about nine back. And we know Mike can get nine in a, uh, I think he needs 10 to break it. We know Mike can get nine or 10 in a season. He just got 13. I believe he's had 10 or more three or four times. And he's also had eight on a couple other occasions. Touchdowns are a little bit of a fickle stat uh, for just about any position, but I I didn't come up with this on my own, but I was just watching something yesterday and they were showing Mike Evans and it was like something about last season. And he, it said he was the most targeted player in the end zone over the last few years. So even in those games, like the new Orleans game uh, last year, even he only caught one pass, but it was a one year touchdown pass. And I don't remember which game it was recently. He caught two passes. They were both one-yard touchdown passes. So even when the defense makes a point of taking Mike Evans out of the game uh, by just doubling him the whole time and it opens up opportunities for somebody else, when you get down there near the goal line, there are still ways to get him the ball no matter what the defense is trying to do. So um, that's the big one to me, the, the touchdown record. Okay. There's a bunch of them that could fall. Like like Ryan Suckup broke our, our season scoring record last year. And there's no reason why this offense won't be scoring a lot of points again. And he's, he's a very accurate kicker and we have one more game. So he could break it again this year as an example. Okay. And we'll close with this. Michael wanted to know how is Kyle Trask looking? Well, I, I think we answered the same question last week and, you know, we we're talking about a very small sample size so far. I think we're going to learn a lot more in training camp 
when he should get a ton of reps, especially if coach continues to break the um, full, full team sessions into two groups. So you got two quarterbacks each getting 11 on 11 action uh, on, you know, in each group, you know, you'd have Blaine Gabbert and Tom Brady on one side and Ryan Griffin and Kyle Trask on the other. So you'd be getting a lot of reps and uh, I think we'll see a lot more then. All I can say is the coaches are pleased with what he's done so far. They say that him and the coaches are taking a very methodical approach because there's no expectation that Kyle Trask is going to need to play during the regular season anytime soon. So they're taking a slow and methodical approach. And he's, he's a good learner in that regard. Otherwise, I just think they that he is what they thought he was. He's a big, strong guy, um, you know, who can make the throws that this offense requires. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks as always for being with us and for those great questions. We are off next week. This is the, the week that everything just kind of goes dark in the, in the Buccaneer world before the chaos of the season begins. So we're off then, but we will be back in a couple weeks to get you guys ready for all things training camp. So we'll see you then. We'll <laughs>